patient tells you that they have a sexual issue, do you get queasy? We've got a special guest today who's going to help you help your patients. She's a doctor who began her career as an actress in adult films. She's fascinating and committed to making sure all of our patients' needs are met, even those that make us uncomfortable to discuss. You're listening to ReachMD, channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Sharon Mitchell. Welcome, Dr. Mitch. Why, thank you. Nice to be here. Okay. You've got a PhD in human sexuality and have a two-career foci, a private practice, and the AIM Foundation. Can you say just a few words about each? Certainly. My private practice, it consists of anyone who has any type of sexual problem, and by that I mean if there are sexual issues that are plaguing their private lives, whether it's an STD or whether they're having sexual addictions towards content on the Internet, if they're having problems in their marriage. I work with couples. I work with menopausal women who are having problems with orgasm. I also work with erectile dysfunction issues in men. And the Adult Industry Medical Healthcare Foundation, a.k.a. AIM, is a nonprofit organization that I founded a decade ago for the continuing monitoring of HIV and STDs, GYN services, and psychosocial issues of people working in the adult entertainment industry and for the general public that chooses to use early detection testing for HIV and STDs. All right, so let's talk about doctors and patients because that's who our listeners are. Do you think patients are comfortable with the average American doctor going in and talking about sexual issues, and, and how do we doctors usually respond when we're confronted with one of these issues? I think there's a lot of information out there now uh, about sex, particularly on television. People are talking about it a lot. There's a lot of TV shows devoted to it, you know, your Dr. Phil's and your Oprah's, and people have entire episodes devoted to sexual health and sexually transmitted disease. And I think that patients, it takes them a little bit to get their nerve up and, and write down their issues and whatnot and recognize if they have an STD, perhaps they'll go online or recognize if they have an issue or talk to someone and realize, wow, I better talk to my professional about it. So they get their nerve up and they go in and talk to the doc, and a lot of times the doc gets a little nervous. And I think a couple things happen at this point. I think a lot of doctors tend to maybe downplay it, and or some doctors tend to deal with it or try to deal with it and really don't know where and that there are places with people such as myself that specialize in these issues. All right, well, let's talk about some of these places then. First of all, what kind of therapists are out there for our patients and how do we find them? Well, there's a couple different types. There are sexual therapists. And a sexual therapist is typically someone that would study the dsm 4 It's similar to a psychologist in the aspect that they are going to look for disorders, people that have sexual problems. And a clinical sexologist, which is what I am, someone that's well-versed in sexual health as well as sexual issues and addictions, that is more of someone that's going to look at the whole picture, look at the patient's history, and really basically give the patient permission to have as healthy of a sex life as she or he wants without harming themselves or others. What percentage of people, if you know, are having issues? I think everybody has sexual issues. Okay, so that's what I was <laughs> but, looking for. But I think that uh, people try to deal with them themselves. People try to pretend that they're not there. Nobody really wants to admit that there may be sexual issues happening, particularly inside their marriage. For example... 
I find, particularly with couples in my private practice and or in the industry, any couple anywhere, they'll be very, very intimate in many different ways. They talk about their innermost secrets. They talk about the one or two things they never would share with anybody from when they were kids, you know, the dark places, all kinds of things, what they really want. But they rarely talk about sex. And I've seen a lot of married couples that have gone on for years and years and years, and the wife will never had sat down with him and said, look, this is what makes me have an orgasm. This is what makes me come. And I can't tell my husband that. I don't know why. I just, I can't tell him that. Or what I've seen a lot of cases in particular, and this is quite, quite common, and it's probably the single worst thing that a woman can do, is women start out faking orgasms with their mates to make the guys feel better. So they feel like the greatest lover in the world, and they don't realize that's what's happening is she's really not being satisfied. She's going in the bathroom and masturbating after they have sex. She's not satisfied. She's never told him, so he's thinking he, everything's fine. He's a great lover. She doesn't want to burst his bubble. And Dr. Mitch, do you think that patients are going to just come out in our offices and discuss these things? Or can we, as physicians, handle these kind of issues? Can we train ourselves or get trained? I think you can. There's a tremendous amount of education that goes along with this. This isn't a 12-hour follow-up or you know, a 72-hour follow-up continuing medical education. However, I think that a good place to start is just really going over good, healthy sexual bodily functions with patients because a lot of people don't know what's healthy and what isn't, particularly with women, with their discharges, with their different phases that they go through each month. What's healthy, what isn't, what's a healthy reaction, menopause, puberty, these types of things. I really think that we need to talk about these things as a regular part of a checkup and make sure that they are addressed and really probe regarding the areas of chlamydia, gonorrhea, non-gonococcal urethritis, these types of things that often aren't prevalent and may be something that's bothering a patient or that they don't know they have. And a lot of times, you know, patients will walk into a doctor's office and if they're not asked about symptoms for chlamydia, they may be asymptomatic, or if they're not tested for chlamydia, you know, men can go on carrying that and transmit it to women for quite some time. Even moving away from STDs for a second, just talking about other sexual issues. I mean, I just went and had my annual physical, and I'm filling out all the questions about, you know, do you have any problems with heart, chest pain or breathing? But there's no question on there, do you have any issues with sexuality? Do you think we should start putting that on as part of our regular physical exam questionnaire that we give patients? Absolutely. Do you have a healthy sex life? What do you consider a healthy sex life? You know, a lot of people don't even want to talk about masturbation. I mean, there are such lines drawn now. In certain states, this is just giving people no place to go to ask. So you may, as the physician or clinician, you may be their only hope between a healthy human sexuality and a healthy sex life or healthy sexual function and not getting any help at all. So I would suggest probing you know, at least a little bit for general sake uh, that there's a healthy sex function going on with the patient and having some resources available of some therapists or clinical sexologists. How do we know who's a good therapist or not? How do we find out? I always recommend going to the website 4S's, Quad S, the Society for the Scientific Study of Sexuality, because that's going to give you a list of good accredited clinical sexologists, sex therapists, people like myself that have went to school and that have studied all about sexuality, addictions, 
all types of sexual specialties. And this is a great resource for doctors because they don't really have to feel alone, nor do they have to feel like they really need to address such issues as a sexual addiction or, you know, cyber addiction or things that are becoming more and more popular. Well, okay, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. I'm board certified in dermatology, and a lot of other dermatologists are, but it doesn't mean that if you've passed an exam or you're certified by an organization that you're really great. There there are dermatologists I know that are, are better than others. So would you advise that if a physician really wants to help his patients with sexual issues, that perhaps they they contact a therapist and meet them or interview them or talk to them on the phone for a few minutes just to get a feel of what they're like? That's such a great thing to say. You're absolutely right. I'm up in uh, Northern California now. I have part of my private practice down in Los Angeles, and that is a land of some people are wonderful at what they do and some people clearly are not. So uh, that was a great point to bring up. Yes, definitely. Any time you would refer someone out, as far as I'm concerned, if I wouldn't go to someone or I wouldn't refer myself or one of my close family members, to uh, another doctor or clinician, I wouldn't refer one of my patients. That's what they count on me for. Are there any ways or any groups or any courses that we can take to make ourselves more comfortable in even listening to our patients' histories? There probably are. There's only two schools that I really think are wonderful in the United States. One, of course, is Kinsey, and the other is the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco. And they have ongoing courses they also have courses that you can take to familiarize yourself on the Internet, which I think is a great place to start. And, you know, there's always good old-fashioned practice with one of your staff, one of your family members talking about it, being at ease. But the biggest thing, the most important thing that I could say is judgment. Please don't have any type of judgment. We know we all get queasy. We know we may not agree, disagree, or get just absolutely repulsed by some types of issues. However, that's none of our business. Our business is to be there to be of service to people. It's not to judge people. So when you're in there and someone says, well, you know, I've been making a little bit of extra money, you know, working as a prostitute on the side and my husband doesn't know it, the minute you go, oh, God, really? Geez, that's just really terrible. That's it. That's it. You're not going to get any more information out of the patient. You're not going to get any more cooperation out of the patient. Any wrong place sigh or the raising of eyebrows or looking away or any type of judgment is well, I would, I would going only to be change a the word, I would only change the word judgment to condemnation. I think we're all going to somewhere inside judge things from time to time. We all judge, but the difference is you don't condemn. I'll go with that. Okay. Condemn. We're all, don't condemn. It's, it's human nature to judge all the time. So no condemnation, all right? And if you have, how do you back out of that and say, gee, I'm really sorry, um, you know, I, I didn't mean to react that way? Do you think that that might... Be honest. Just be honest. Go, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. That may be the way I feel. However, how can I help you? <laughs> so how do we in society in general or in the medical profession get over our trying to sweep sexuality, which is a normal human function, under the rug? What do we need to do here? There's so many. I mean, just first of all, just get over it. I mean, for crying out loud, everyone has genitals. Everyone was born naked. Everyone takes a shower naked. You know, I mean, let's just get over this whole thing about pretending that there's no such thing as sex, that kids don't think about sex, that nobody masturbates, that you don't have fantasies, that those fantasies aren't healthy. Let's just open our minds, you know, and just 
let's all try to get on the level, realistic playing field instead of pretending that this doesn't exist. It's not going to help us. It's not going to help our clients. You know, I'm not saying that we go all around counting and talking about sex all the time. I'm just saying let's just be open to it. So let's let's make it clear for our listeners. We're not talking about morals. We're not talking about any particular practice. We're just talking about we have a subject here in which we know all humans participate. Let's make it a clinical medical subject of which we're not embarrassed to discuss it or deal with people's problems. Is that correct? Well said. All right. Dr. Mitch, thanks for being our guest today and speaking with us about how we can help our patients by making ourselves more sensitive to their sexual issues. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com with our on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. And we thank you for listening.